Welcome to the Radio Days podcast. Today's story is titled The Radio Contest. The Zevis ate dinner at 6. Not at 6.05. Not at 6.09. Not, heaven forbid, at 6.15. We ate dinner at 6. Now, if you ask my bubby at 5.59 if she were hungry, she would look at the clock and shake her head. No, in a way which intimated that it was the craziest question she had ever heard. But at 6 o'clock, she was famished. Now, aside from precise starting time, my father had two important rules about dinner, which we had to abide. One, you had to finish everything on your plate. And two, you could not answer the phone. If you're envisioning a long, elaborate dinner ending with dessert and a cheese plate, then you may have stumbled into the wrong house. Dinner was over by 6.30. Unless, of course, you were having a problem with rule number one. Then it was over whenever you finished your plate. I once sat with 22 green peas. I had plenty of time to count them until 8.15. I eventually finished them with the help of my mother, may she rest in peace, who may have had a forkful or two. But this story is not about food. It's about rule number two. Both my siblings and I have romanticized thoughts and memories of our parents. I think that's a good thing. The three of us don't have to embellish or exaggerate the past because we are blessed to have had amazing parents. Now, my brother, Dove, is five years younger than I. One of the things he loves to tell people about my father is that he would answer the phone with the traditional Italian salutation of Pronto? Which is true. The thing is, because he's five years younger, in 1973, he would have been nine years old and Nobody he knew was calling him on the phone, least of all between 6 and 6.30. Because if they had, they would have heard what my friends, the biggest culprit being Stevie Sheen, who reveled in my entire ordeal, heard when my father, quite a bit irritated, answered the phone. He did not say pronto. He did not say hello. What he would say in either French or English, depending on his mood or disposition, was... What time do you have dinner at your house? And then, after what was surely a moment of stunned silence, Ronnie can't come to the phone. Then he would calmly hang up the phone and go back to his plate of spaghetti. So that's what I remember. Which is all well and good, and I guess maybe at the time a little bit embarrassing, but would it not have been a big deal if Jethro Tull had not come to town? of a certain age will know that Jethro Tull was a 1970s rock band. You will also know that there was no Jethro or any Tulls and that the lead singer's name was Ian Anderson. One of the gifts I received for my bar mitzvah was a Sanyo cassette deck and my cousin David recorded two albums for me on my very first cassette. On one side was Santana's Abraxas and on the other was Aqualung by Jethro Tull. It is now nearly 50 years later, and I still get a kick out of the lyrics, Snot is running down his nose. I wanted to go to the concert. Badly. But I did not have tickets. 
And to top it off, I had wasted 40 bucks on a broken down Emerson Patriot. My only hope was a contest being run by the local Montreal AM radio station, CKGM. CKGM was the AM top 40 station in the city, and their two big-name disc jockeys were Ralph the Bird Lockwood and Marc Mewy-Denis. In 1973, they ran contests the entire year, sometimes for cash prizes, up to $1,000, and sometimes for concert tickets. The concept was easy. You would send in postcards to the radio station with your phone number. Then, the whole week before the concert, every hour between 4 and 8, the DJ would pick a postcard and dial the number. All you had to do was answer the phone and say, I listen to CKGM. Don't say, hello. Say, I listen to CKGM and win $1,000. When your telephone rings, answer it like this. Listen to CKGM, I beg your pardon? What? I beg your pardon? I listen to CKGM. And win this. Is this the Forand residence? Yes. Well, this is Tom McLean of CKGM calling. You've just won $1,000. Congratulations. You could be next. Don't say hello. Say, I listen to CKGM. Like I said, easy. I had inundated the radio station with postcards. So had Stevie Sheen. We had planned to go together if either of us won. Now, in order to enlist my sister's help, I might have promised her a ticket too. But I would cross that proverbial bridge when I had to. Since my bubby never answered the phone, I now had my brother, sister, and even mother, who had a little bit of trouble remembering the call letters and tried unsuccessfully to convince us it would be okay to just say, I listen to the radio instead, now covering the four to eight time slot. The only problem was dinner. 6 to 6.30. Snot's running down his nose. Greasy fingers smearing shabby clothes. My father, though strict and serious, was a kind, generous, and very fair man. He was honest to a fault and had a dry sense of humor, which my friends, after overcoming their initial fear and trepidation, came to appreciate and enjoy. But he was never, ever, ever going to answer the phone by saying, I listen to CKGM. Not that we didn't ask. Not that we didn't plead. Not that we didn't beg. But it was never going to happen. He wouldn't even engage in the conversation. He found the whole thing ludicrous and not even worthy of his attention. My mom even tried, and his answer in English was the only time he ever addressed it. Directly, and he said, but I don't listen to CKGM, which for him ended matters. As luck would have it, the phone did not ring once between 6 and 6.30 that week. And as luck would also have it, the radio station never called at any other time either. My mother, after tiring of explaining it to her friends and relatives, she quit after the third day. And I think I may have even heard my sister say hello once or twice. I never saw Jethro Tull. For a couple of weeks after the concert, whenever the phone rang during dinner, 
we would wait and see if my father would make a joke. But he never did. After a while, although there were still contests, we just forgot about it. About a month later, we convinced my mother to take us to McDonald's for dinner. It was a huge treat. My father, surprisingly, did not hate McDonald's. In fact, if memory serves, he was a big fan of their french fries. But that night, my bubby, his mother, was feeling a little tired, so it was just us three kids and my mom. When we got back, french fries in our hands from my father, he waved a notepad at me. Aaron, he said. You got a phone call while you were gone. It was not like my father to write down messages from Stevie Sheen. From who, I asked. My father looked down at the pad and said, From a Mr. Ralph Lockwood from CKGM. My sister squealed, Oh my God, oh my God. I was but a year older than my sister, but in my mind, many years wiser. What was the message? My father looked down again. Then he looked up. Usually at around 8.30, he said. My sister said, what? I turned to her and said, Danielle, that is when Ralph Lockwood has dinner at his house. And my father nodded, smiled, and took the french fries from my hands. The radio contest was written by Aaron Zevi. It was narrated by the author. Music by The Nearly Missed and Kevin McLeod.